morning. Our scripture reading this morning is a, a scripture compilation. These are a few verses that we're going to be talking about through the sermon today. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her, to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present herself to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. This is the word of God for the people of God. God bless you, you may be seated. So we're continuing on in our backpack series. Everybody's had homework. Has anybody done it? Or are you just kind of like, you know what, this is the summer, Ian. We're done. Anybody been doing their homework? I have. I have. I, and I've told you this, guys, a thousand times. But I learned just as much through all this. Than, than anybody else, and it, it's been quite amazing. But just I want to do a quick recap of, of where we've been and what we're doing, and, and then what we'll, we're getting into as far as today. Because today we're talking about cleaning our glasses. But we got to this point because we realized that God has given us this backpack, right? Remember this backpack that everybody gets when they're born? It's got all your stuff in it. Everything that God wants to, to bless you with and everything that he's going to give you and develop throughout of your life He's packed away in here from your portrait of how he sees you to your purpose and who you are and what you're going to be doing to all of these gems and all of these precious jewels that are your gifts and your talents and your abilities to do all this and to become that portrait. But life happens and we have our backpack. And we look in our backpack and we're like, oh, there's some room. So as I go through life and, and the situations happen, then I'm going to grab some regrets. And I can, because there's space in here and I can fit those in. So I'm going to carry these with me. Or hurts. And we just fill our backpack up with these boulders of betrayal, questions of why, bitterness, lack of self-worth. Fear, worry, anxiety. Not everybody's backpack has the same rocks and boulders in it. We're all unique, are we not? We all have different gifts and talents too. Different purposes. Because, you know, God's called us to be the body of Christ and we're all different body parts. So we all have different purposes and different functions, but we're supposed to be connected and work together. Well, the same thing kind of happens on the opposite side because we all carry different rocks. We all carry different boulders. We all fill up our backpack with different things. So as we've moved through our journey, we've been walking through this process about getting rid of 
these rocks and these boulders in here. But last week we started talking about how these rocks and these boulders end up being how we see life and how we perceive situations. People. Sometimes we look at life totally through our past. I've had things happen. I've had situations take place. Well, it's always been that way. You should see my family. It goes back for generations. So I'm certainly going to act and react the same way that they have. Past. So we wear these lenses and we're looking at everything through the past. Not everybody has the same glasses. Some people have more than one set. Right? <clears throat> so depending on the situation, you may... <laughs> You may rifle through your backpack and go, so what glasses do I need today? Maybe it's fear. Maybe there's something that's happening in your life that God is wanting you to step out into and to, to become or to do, but you have a million reasons why not to. A lot of it boils down to this. One thing. It can be the pain of our past. It can be questions. Well, you know what, Ian? I'm not going to take a, take a step until I have every answer. Or I'm just skeptical of this whole deal. But we all have questions. And sometimes these questions become our king instead of God himself. Or it might be pride. Maybe it's I can handle this. I got this. Maybe you know your gifts and your talents so well that you don't need God. You can just do this on your own. That's this. So we have lenses. We have glasses that we look through. And that's how we see life. Here's one thing I don't want us to forget because... I mentioned a little bit of it last week, but we, we have focused on a lot of this, and these are negative. Here's what I don't want us to forget. There are gems and jewels in your bag. So just like you might deal with fear, there's power. Just like you might deal with anxiety or worry, there is freedom you might think that there's chaos but there's not there's peace so all of the fruits of the spirit that God talks to us about those are glasses too sometimes you meet somebody and they're just too joyful right come on we've all run into those people <laughs> especially when we're having a bad day they're there they just show up but they have a tendency to look at life through joy or have you ever met somebody that's just peaceful? To the point where you're just like, I've got to figure out a way to rattle that guy's cage. And it becomes a challenge. I, I love, you guys know I love my dad, but he was famous for it. He wanted to poke the bear. And that, he, he found great joy in that, which it ended up turning to be somebody who he highly respected. But we do. We look at things through different lenses. But we need to understand that 
though we may have done our homework and we realize that we're looking at things incorrectly, that there is a correct way to look at those things. And that's what God wants to just unleash on us. He wants to just clean these glasses off and he wants us to see things through his perspective, through his eyes. There's been some interesting things happening with, with me personally. And as far as my kids and all are concerned, I have actually begun to see life the way they see it. And I believe that God is just really wanting me to understand some things. So it's like if I speak to them, it's like I get this mental picture of what they see looking at them. So I have a tendency to, to get down on their level. Because this can be intimidating. But it's about seeing situations, people, through God's eyes. How does God see this? And see, God doesn't look at our lives fearfully, does he? He doesn't look into our futures through these lenses. He doesn't take our past, praise God, and identify our futures. Does he? So today I want to talk about how to clean our glasses. <clears throat> how to clean them. Here's our sermon in a sentence. I'm putting our sermon in a sentence a little bit later in the sermon so nobody just gets up and walks out after I give the sermon in a sentence. No, I'm kidding. Here's our sermon in a sentence. Something to take away, you can take away with you. Clear vision comes from a correct view. Clear vision comes from a correct view. Okay? This is not correct. So how do we get there? The first step, honestly, is to focus on gifts, talents, portrait, purpose. Now, does anybody know, has anybody ever seen Veggie Tales? Have you seen Veggie Tales? Okay. I'm going to give you something I want you to watch. A Snoodle's Tale. Okay? I, I know that sounds funny and I know that sounds crazy. But it's called A Snoodle's Tale. You can find it on YouTube. Veggie Tales, A Snoodle's Tale. And it's about this character who n realizes God has a portrait of him and how he sees him. It's, it's really neat. It'll really, really connect a lot of dots if you need help with that. But A Snoodle's Tale. Clear vision comes from a correct view. So I want to take... Um, our, the scriptures that we read this morning and walk through a few things. <clears throat> Second Chronicles 7.14. Now we have heard this scripture often and we look at it from a, a national standpoint. If my people who are called by my name will hum the, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Right? We look at that big picture. This whole series started from a standpoint of we are going from this land, Haran. We talked about out of Genesis. Haran means dry and thirsty and parched. Abraham left Haran to go to the promised land. The promised land that was flowing with milk and honey and all this great stuff. And it was abundant. So this journey is about us going from a place that's dry and parched 
full of different pairs of sunglasses that we pick up and look through life incorrectly to our promised land, where God wants to take us. So if we look at this verse through that context, then this verse becomes very personal. Because this is about your land. This is about my land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, number one, humble yourself. What does that mean? Well, Ian, I'm not proud and I'm not prideful. I told somebody the other day, I'm the most humble person I know. (laughs) Humble yourself. To be aware of your need, to be aware of your weakness, to humble yourself, to be aware of your need, and aware of your weakness. Psalm 51:17, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God, you will not despise. Isaiah 66, the Lord declares, these are the ones that I look on with favor. Those who are humble, those who are contrite. They are contrite in spirit and and who tremble at my word. Isaiah 57 goes on. Isaiah 57, 15. For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever. He who is holy. God says, I live in a high and holy place. But also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. So to be humbled is in in connection with being humble or or broken and contrite is this. Broken is, is broken, maimed, ruptured. Have you ever been broken? Have you ever been broken? It was interesting, it was, I I ended up in an interview, and and that was one of my questions that was posed to me. Have you ever been broken? I'm like, how many times? Which one do you need to know about? Because our journey takes us through life, does it not? And life takes us through seasons, and seasons through phases. And all the while, we're becoming these people that God has created us to be. So there's a point in time when you might be broken here, but then you get into the next season of life that you feel like, I think i got a handle on this one. And God's like, snap. No, I need you to break in this area too. So to be broken is one thing. To be contrite is something else. Now, do you remember back in the day when you would get pills from the, the doctor or the hospital and they would say, crush up the pills before you take them? You guys remember some of that? Contrite is exactly that process. It is the process of putting that pill in that bowl and taking that crusher and crushing it into powder. Now, think about this. The pill is hard, correct? Correct? But the powder is soft. 
right? That's what God's talking about here. He's talking about you going from somebody that's hard into a shape that's specific into powder that is soft and can be made into anything else. So God tells us here that he lives in the high and holy place and with those who are contrite, broken. So it's at that point that life can change. It's not a bad thing to have scars. It's not. Some of those are surgical scars because God is the master and great physician and he's cutting away and taking care of the things that he needs to take care of in your life to become what he's created you to be. Humble yourself. Second, pray. What it's talking about here is a supplication. It is an earnest begging. It is an earnest, it's not an asking, you know, hey, you know, God, do you think maybe you could get me this job? It's a, God, I am broken, I am contrite, I am crushed in front of you. God, I don't know which way to go. I don't know which way to turn. I surrender it all. I'm left in front of you. Please help me. Please. I got nothing. I got nothing left. You see, we've all worked with or know someone that we may not have said it, but certainly we've thought it. They haven't hit rock bottom. Once they hit rock bottom, then you can work with them. You know what I'm talking about? That's what God is talking about here. He's talking about us setting ourselves so far below who we think we are that we are now crushed and moldable and pliable and asking him to step in to help. Seek God's face. Humble yourself. Pray. Seek God's face. What is that? Seek God's face. You know, Ian, I've walked all around this town. I never found him. I've looked all over the place. I have looked here. I've looked here. I've looked there. Here's where I want to put it into context. So you have an, let's say you have an issue. Legal issue. It could be, maybe your toilet's backed up. I don't, it it really doesn't matter. But here's, here's the context of it. If you need help with an issue, do you not seek out a professional Somebody who you can trust, somebody who's got the answers, somebody that has the tools, somebody that can come in and fix what your problem is. Yeah. That is this. Seek God's face. God is the professional. God has the answers. He's got the degrees hanging up on the wall. He's got the tools. He's got everything you need for where you are and what you need changed. So you have to go to him. But by this point, if you're already crushed, you don't have to go. You get to go. Because his door is always open. He is always there. He is always ready to listen. So you seek his face. Now turn from your wicked ways. Whoa, Ian, whoa, whoa, I'm not evil. No, 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 no. You know, this wicked ways is, you know, that's wicked. And I'm not wicked because I don't do 
X, Y, Z. So I'm not wicked. So that's, that's not me. Well, our idea of wicked today is not what he's talking about here. The wicked that he's talking about here is that which is not of God. Wicked sounds pretty powerful, doesn't it? I mean, you want to get your toes up off the floor, right, kind of thing? Or, you know, I should have put in the bulletin or announced on Facebook, wear your steel toe boots today. But it's one of those things you've got to get your feet up off the floor because, man, you're talking about wicked things, and I don't do wicked things. But that's not what he's saying here. Wicked things are those things that are against, against God. Hey, let me give you an example. So First Timothy talks about, and God is speaking, and he says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but I have given you a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. If you live your life with these glasses on, this is a spirit that God has not given you. Do you see what I'm saying? This is, this is what the Bible is talking about as being wicked. Because this is not of God. Right? We, we know where this comes from. We certainly know where pride comes from. Worry, anxiety, doubt with all of our questions. All of those things are not of God. So what, he's, what, what, what the Bible is saying here is to turn from your ways of looking at things that are not of God. Turn. That means reverse. Back it up. Go the opposite way. So in doing those things, we have a promise. At the end of that verse... God says, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. That is money you can take to the bank. That is truth. That is a promise from the one who lives on high in the holy of holies. The one who breathed life into you, the one that gave you that backpack, the one who painted this portrait is, I will heal you. I will heal you. And I will take you from Haran to your promised land. Because I am the great shepherd who will lead you beside the still waters, who will make you to lie down in green pastures, who will restore your soul all of us have areas in our lives that need to be restored we do there are hurts and there's pains and there's viewpoints and there's issues and and, and the list can go on and on and each one of those things is a foothold for the enemy to step up on to grab a hold of and go man I, I got him I got him right here you know But if these things are gone, and you are washed by the water, 
of who God is. Because water is used often in Scripture, is it not? The living water will flow in abundance. It will rise up in you and living water will flow out of you and you will be clean and clear to see how you need to see life. Because God has washed you clean. I will lead you beside the still waters. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter twenty uh, Ephesians chapter five, verses twenty five to twenty seven. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word. Tell me that doesn't fit what we're talking about today. Cleansing her by washing with water through the word. And to present herself to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Cleansing her by the washing of the water with the word. Now that word there in the Greek is rhema. Okay? There are two words in the Greek that describe the word word. One is logos and one is rhema. Logos we often refer to as the written word of God. Okay? Rhema means utterance. Now, was this Bible uttered? by the Holy Spirit into the hearts and minds of men and they wrote it down? Yes. But there's also other utterances. Let me give you an example. So, Friday, I've been having some truck issues. <clears throat> it's at the shop. It's going to cost a lot of money to fix it. When I say a lot of money, it's almost the price of another truck. It's just a lot of money. So for a while now, the Lord's just, I feel like, been putting on my heart to, to start looking for another truck. So we decide that God's moving in that direction. We're going to go ahead and make that transition. We're driving out to get the truck from the repair shop. I look at Julie, and I'm like, this truck, will, our truck will not make it to the dealership. It won't make it. Now, is that me being fearful? Is that me speaking it into existence? You know, is, is all that kind of stuff? No, it's God going, Ian, I just need to prepare your heart. You're about to step into a little bit of battle. I don't want you to get all frustrated and irritated about this whole thing. I've got this, but I want you to go pick it up from the dealer, or from the, the repair shop and start driving. Sure, why not? So we go out and we're going to end up stopping for lunch before I head to the dealership. We pull into the, the parking area to have some lunch and man the temperature gauge goes up it's done great let's go have lunch <laughs> so we went and had lunch you know so I, I call the dealer and I'm like ah, here's what's going on and he's like well hey do you have triple eight I said as a matter of fact I do and he goes well, where do you want to tow it and I said Canfield Ohio <laughs> I'm like in my mind I'm thinking I might as well take it to California and he goes well you just happen to be a plus member where you want to take it? It's 91 miles. We'll cover it up to 100. I'm like, let's drive. But it's the COVID thing, and you can't ride with him and everything like that. I'm like, okay. So the guy pulls up. He goes, where are you heading? I said, Canfield, Ohio. 
He's like, you want to ride? I said, well, what about COVID? He goes, what? I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> and off we go. But it's one of those things. It's like, it's listening and hearing and understanding the utterances of God speaking. Now, I, I cannot go in here to the Bible and read where it says, Ian, your truck will not make it to the dealership. Right? It's those details. It's those specific things. But see, that's why the Holy Spirit is living within us, is so that we can understand what those things are. And so that we can be washed with water, the living water, through the word of the God and the word of the Spirit that lives within us, that takes us from this viewpoint to clean glasses of this viewpoint, being able to understand who God is and what he's doing in our lives so that we can become what he has created us to be. To clean your glasses, first, don't be so distracted by these things or these boulders and think that this is, my, this is mine. This is all mine. And I've got to get through this to be able to get to the cross. And that is so wrong. The reason that is there is so that you don't have these. So if we focus more on understanding and asking the Lord to forgive us and to seek his face and to humble our hearts and understand that that's exactly what he wants for us so that our backpack is light, that we are focused on our gifts and our talents and the gems that he's put in us so that this is not a dream or a wish, but it's a reality. That's what God's looking for us for today. Church, to clean our glasses, there's some things that we have to ask for forgiveness for. There's some things that we need to allow God to just remove from us, to wash us, to clean us by the water of his word, by the Holy Spirit, by the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. And this and him comes into clear vision because we begin to see life through his eyes. Father, Lord God, I thank you for this day that you've given us. God, how you've blessed us is amazing. Father, it is beyond measure. Father, I pray that you ignite our hearts to follow you that you give us the vision to see those things that we need to get rid of, those things that we need to confess before you. Father, that we understand that our hearts need to be broken and crushed. And Father, we may not even know how that's supposed to happen, but we can still come to you. And Father, you will lead us and you will guide us. Father, you will take us from the parched, dry land to the promised land that you have for each one of us. And Father, as you do that, then your church moves forward. Father, your bride gets dressed up and prepares for the wedding day. Father, may we be beautiful before you and help us, help us, God, to do just that. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.